I've been more your best player story predictions and opinion. And yes, we are excited for Super Rugby because we have been seeing the sides being named, the 23s being named today. But that is all for another day because today it's just about All Blacks. Tomorrow evening I'll be back at 6pm, yet yeah, an earlier show with Ryan Nixon from the Tribe Sports app. Um, and we'll be doing a, give you a preview of all of the games of the weekend and run through all the squads. But tonight it's All Blacks. And joining me is the one... Uh, the, the man who is back in, back on Twitter, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yes, yes, I am. And I do apologise to all the folks who are expecting to be wearing an all-black jersey, but I've thrown a blues jersey on this evening, even though we're not talking about Super Rugby, but uh, always great to be back on the TDM. And uh, just, just, yeah, on, on um, we, I, I know I said that it's all for tomorrow, but we really can't not talk about the squads just very briefly, but... Uh, you just said that uh, that Ashwin dropped you a line that maybe you guys were thinking that uh, you'd like to see the, the, like to face the Chiefs this weekend. This yeah, absolutely. Given the side that they've uh, rolled out, you know the Crusaders, regardless of them not having maybe four blacks available when that side gets named uh, tomorrow. Just looking at that Chiefs squad, there's some good players there, but it's definitely not a Chiefs squad of old. But uh, hey, that's the way the cards fall. Actually, that's what we'll kick off with. Actually, talking about the resting of All Blacks uh, and how much they're going to be used in Super Rugby. I've seen a bunch of different articles saying different things. So I've seen some people say, "Oh, they're going to miss two games." Other people saying they've got to miss three games. Uh, some people saying they're only allowed to play 150 minutes the first two, three in the first three games. Um, all of this rumor and conjecture—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's not helping anybody, is it? Really. No, not not at all. And it frustrates the people that they should be catering for the most, the fans. The, the fans actually want to know what, what's happened. I think we've all got a fair idea that the coaches are probably looking at some of their players with the biggest workload, most minutes. You know, they get to see a lot of these guys. They talk to the super coaches, probably ask them how they, how they look at training, do they look tired, what sort of energy levels they've got on. And I'm pretty sure... That's what they look at. Now, if they're up front with the supporters, but they don't want to be up front, they obviously want all the supporters to support Super Rugby, but, you know, it just it leaves people hanging, and it's it's a little disappointing. Can I understand where the All Blacks select is, and, and obviously Steve Hansen has the biggest say at the end of the day, but, you know, as a supporter, it's fresh, absolutely frustrating. I know it probably, if you look at talking about a team like the Chiefs, when they toured South Africa last year, they had to drop their All Blacks out of the squad, and they lost a very, very important game against the, the Stormers in South Africa. And I'm, you know, I could almost guarantee if they had some of those All Blacks av- available, they could have won that game, and it would have actually given them a home quarterfinal or semi-final once it got down to the pointy end. Uh, um, maybe, but I, I think we all understand that players are going to be rested. That's not really a, uh, a problem. It's about the kind of how much rest and are, are there these funny rules around 150 minutes or not? Um, or is, that, is somebody making that one up? Um, because the kind of the official line in last year was two games off. Uh, and this year it seemed to be at the initially it was going to be it sounded like it was certain players get some extra rest such as the Kieran Reeds coming back from that his neck in neck surgery obviously last year uh, Sam Whitelock who got through an awful lot of work last year and everyone's like yep good we want to see them rested we don't want them being burnt out that's fine um, but then you something that but then you get these other people saying oh well it's actually 150 minutes the first three games which is why you're seeing 
Damien McKenzie rested this weekend, for example. Uh, so it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think they, should, I think they, 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 they should be there should be a bit more transparency around that. Um, and I don't think we might. I don't think the play, I don't think the fans would mind because it is a rugby World Cup year. What we're not seeing, which is which is good, is a 2007 gets right around where they missed the first eight games. I mean, that kind of thing. We yeah, people would throw their hands up in the air and just go, "That's that's 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 just a farce." But two games, cool, we understand. Or three games, whatever it is, just let us know what it is, so we don't uh, go around second guessing and kind of confused. Yeah, the, um, the irony, Paul. About, I was going to say the irony about two thousand and seven, Paul. Um, they pulled all these guys out of the competition, and by the time they got to the World Cup, all of a sudden you looked at some of these players and they were short of rugby, and that was that was the, the crazy. Crazy situation about it, you know. When players are when players are in form, you want to keep them in form. They they, they just get up, they just get on a good roll, so keep them playing. Um, and the other ridiculous situation, once again, I refer back to last year. We had a situation where the Blues were struggling with injuries. They had a bye week, and then the following week, Rico Rico Ioane, who was you know a, a real integral part of the of the Blues in 2018 when he was on the field even though he was being played out of position, was rested when they really, really needed him. Okay, they were out of, out of the playoffs, a lot of people would say. But once again, that's a real frustration to the fans. It is. I think the the away games are where you're going to see it more. Um, I, I, that makes sense to me doing that. But some, So, anyway, yeah, so we've got to say some interesting um, selections um, and some also some interesting uh, kind of access to the media as well. So I saw an, a tweet out from... Uh, one of the uh, NZ Radio people, um, whoever he was, and he, he lists a bunch of players that we all knew. Evening, Christopher, great to see you here. Uh, that we all knew um, will be missing this weekend. So he listed off your your your, 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 uh, your Sam Keynes, your um, your White Lock, your your Reed that have all been publicly said. And he actually listed McKenzie at the, at the end of that list. And I was like, hang on a second, I've not seen anything out of the Chiefs saying McKenzie's not playing. I know someone who gets to. I, I try chat with someone who goes to their media events. He hasn't mentioned that the guy is not playing. Where's this come from? And then suddenly it's there. And so it does seem that there's, there's that uh, there's certain things being leaked to preferential media people and not to others. And uh, it just smacks of an old boys' network, um, yeah. which, uh, which which doesn't uh, uh, which, which I don't, don't think people. Which especially in this day and age when we're talking about kind of the equality and trying to bring uh, an inclusiveness uh, to having it, have that kind of stuff going on I think it's a bit, a bit, a bit bad as well but there you go that's my little rant and moan sorry folks <laughs> um, so yeah so expect them to be to be rested um, but uh, another one that was kind of an interesting one that I, I, I kind of interesting one that I thought from um, article from uh, the Herald now let's be honest I don't, I don't normally say interesting and New Zealand Herald in the same sentence um, was was this suggestion and I was going to read out a quote from that article it said um, as the 24th season of professional rugby is about to begin there are powerful hints that rugby is heading down the path of American football where high schools and in their case universities provide a minuscule number of gifted athletes who play as professionals the majority of high school and college players who don't turn professional retire in their early 20s um, is, 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 is that where we're heading are we heading down where the, basically the, that, that f- the first 15 um, guys basically become professionals no one else kind of packs it in yeah Paul it's a it's a, it's a real fear 
that we all, we all know it's not even 1% of, of the amount of rugby players actually become professional rugby players, and, and that's the real fear, that these kids who came through First 15 Rugby looking to, to project themselves into to professional contracts, well, not all of them make it. And I know you're having a chat a couple of seasons back to um, a guy from the New Zealand Rugby Football Union who just escapes escapes my name at, at, at the minute because I had a nephew playing in the New Zealand 20s at the time and I remember meeting them at the airport and I, I actually put the question to them. I said, listen, how many of these guys from the New Zealand 20s will actually go on to become professional super rugby players and he said between 30 and 40 percent well there's a lot of them that don't cut it they're probably a good percentage more will end up at might attend now let's sorry let's just just very briefly there i we're talking there about the under 20s side that that I don't know if that year or not made the finals, but basically we're talking about the best in their age group, the best 30-odd players in their age group. Um, I've done a couple of articles where I've looked at the winning side over... um, over, over, So I looked at uh, an English side, a a New Zealand side, and a South African side that all won uh, the under-20s Junior Rugby World Cup. And just the starting 15, not even all of those players make it as professionals. And we're talking, and those are the best players, the guys who win the tournament, and even not all of Now, most of them do, let's be honest, but um, but some of them disappear off and you're like, well, I can't even find their name on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> um, so you kind of, uh, yeah, there's, there's, so yeah, so and that's the drop off from the best in, in their age group in the world. So the drop off, at, um, at first, first 15 level is going to be way 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 higher. Yeah, there's a, there's but Paul. There's, I know there's been some recent articles about the drop off in, in recent times, and I think it's maybe something the New Zealand Rugby Football Union, even even at top level, have to really look at themselves. We all the focus has been in and around the All Blacks, how much money we can make by playing games in Chicago to sustain this side. But hey, what about what's happening? down at, at bottom level. You know, they'll, they'll point to some of the successes of the All Blacks, two World Cups, the Women's Sevens uh, rugby team, you know, just some of these under-20s having 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 success in recent years. Not always winning the under-20s, but they'll always point to that. But wait, what they are losing, they're actually losing the battle for younger kids to, to stay in this game, to actually go to club level and work their way into senior rugby and find another path to get that to that top level because that's in the in the past that's what good young footballers used to do they'd, they'd leave first 15 they'd either they'd go to under 21 some not all players were good enough to go from first 15 to senior rugby they'd end up maybe having a season or two in under 21 so it gave them an opportunity to critique their game around about that same time i remember the auckland rugby union 20 odd years ago used to have rural district offices and I think they had something like about 12 employed who used to work between the clubs and the schools. And I think that's what's been pretty much lost at, at the moment. If you, you're pinpointed as a, a top first 15 player, there's a, there's a good chance that you're going to have unions or franchises falling over their feet to get to you. So you're dead right, Paul. What happens to the rest of the guys? And it's... And there's also this guy at second fifteen, and the other guys at, at, um, that that never have a hope of making it as a professional rugby player, but just enjoy playing the sport. Um, they um, 
they enjoy they, they, they create lifelong friendships they create networks um, that allow them uh, to to well to have support networks around them to uh, maybe find jobs through uh, through the rugby club because they know because someone will give them a chance and know they're a good guy uh, give them an apprenticeship or whatever uh, if they move to a new city uh, it's a way of getting a uh, a new group of friends uh, if, if work moves you uh, it helps you settle in it's not all about just being uh, making it as a professional player and the professional players it's also about those lifelong friendships um, those uh, those the, the those pieces that you get um, from being a member of a club uh, and being able to go down and, and join a club elsewhere or just pop, um, and pop along for a beer and uh, and watch a game or whatever it's I say it's not all about just that and if you don't if if, if we have people stop playing and clubs not being able to put out sides anymore then it's going to be a shame because those those networks for people are, are going to disappear. Okay. I was going to say Paul another thing that's that, that's happening I know a couple of weeks ago I was down in the at a wedding and uh, one of the boys who was at the wedding um, had been living over in Malaysia for a couple of years and I said oh what were you doing over there and he said listen playing professional rugby he was a halfback played um, had played club rugby in, in the Hawks Bay played but a bit of age group rugby and went over and saw an opportunity and was picking up a little bit of coin and he said listen I'm, I'm not the late ranger there's a lot of New Zealand boys that are, are looking at, at that opportunity to do a little bit of an OE you don't necessarily have to, to hook up with one of the big clubs but what actually happens is is, is opportunity you, you get pretty well looked after and and you, and you take your opportunities Interestingly enough, when you talk about the support base around players, I can probably give you an example of a player who played second 15 for Kelston Boys, uh, didn't quite crack the first 15, but became went on to captain the New Zealand Sevens uh, rugby team, and I'm talking about DJ Forbes, <laughs> and, 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 his, and his path was through the Waitamata rugby, through the Waitamata rugby club, through under-21s. So how crazy is that? Yeah, it's and there's been, there's been as you said at OE there's been quite a traditional path to go over to Europe, play some uh, for some French clubs or, or, or English clubs or Welsh clubs um, at, at a lower level um, for the uh, and, um, and and how you do that. But um, as you say, increasingly Malaysia's an option, Hong Kong's an option, Singapore's an option where you can play for a club, uh, and also you'll get yourself a uh, an, a. a um, not an apprenticeship. That's the wrong word I'm looking for. Um, oh, I've gone blank. When you go, for, when you spend some holidays, um, basically working for not much, but learning how to work in an office, um, yeah, yeah. internship, um, and you get experience that way as well. You get life experience. So, uh, Christian just asked, "What are we talking about?" Uh, we're talking about basically whether uh, keep, keeping people in the in the game, and whether it's just whether we're going down the American football route, where basically everyone gives up after high school, um, and hopefully that's not what we're going to see. Yeah. The uh, so yes, um, so a regular feature. Um, who's left this week? <laughs> um, <laughs> so Liam Squire is apparently heading over to um, Japan post rugby World Cup, uh, and not as a um, sabbatical, as we'll see with some other players, but as a proper move. I think he's off to off, off to play with Wayne Smith over there. Uh, so um, yeah, not not a big surprise with players like Jackson Hemapo and um, Frizzell coming through. Uh, not a big issue as far as the All Blacks are concerned. 
It's um, it, it's an interesting one, and I know that Peter. There was an article, uh, Peter, uh, not Peter Fatialofa, Michael Fatialofa, also who's applying his trade overseas, also said it's it's pretty much it has the it has an opportunity. It's it's a huge opportunity for any players to to make more money. He was he was pretty up pretty upfront. You know, New Zealand can't match the money that's uh, being put up by a lot of the overseas clubs, and um, yeah. Something that the New Zealand Rugby Football Union are gonna have to gonna have to manage, as well as trying to have a successful All Black team whilst losing players. I suppose the question has to be asked: Will at some will it get to the stage where they may have to relook at the eligibility rules? Oh, that really is a Pandora's box. And if they open up that one, as we've seen with um, the Wallabies. I, I think you think you will you will certainly you, the what is already a a fairly strong stream of players will become an absolute flood um, of, of players. But then I guess there's only so many spots that they can go and fill. Uh, and as soon as they're actually being as soon as they're actually being selected for the All Blacks and missing games in Europe uh, in that November window, especially they suddenly become worth less to the clubs as well. So it is a double edged there's, there's a double edged sword to that one. The other player that's going, and this one apparently did um, raise some. Uh, I've not heard anyone actually anyone out of the All Blacks um, coaching group be up to be uh, sort of mentioned. They were upset with with Liam Squire going, but Jordan Tuafua um, going over to Leicester Tigers. Um, that one did raise a couple of comments from the All Blacks coaching staff that they were disappointed to see him going. Yeah, yeah. To, to be to be honest, he's, he's probably looked he's probably looked at his options, and, and and seen that maybe Liam Squire is still the the leading candidate, and they've actually given guy other guys like Frizzell an opportunity. They've given uh, Fafita an opportunity, and he probably just thinks he probably feels he's just a little bit down the picking order, and he's probably also thinking, listen, I've, I've put in a good shift. With New Zealand rugby, so there's an op- there's an opportunity to, to set myself up for the, the rest of my career. He's he's a hell of a footballer, mm. um, you know. Really, not 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 the biggest loose forward you've, you've ever seen, and I, and I've heard that train of thought from a lot of people that oh, this he's not big enough. But gee, uh, to tell you what, he's a similar size to CJ Stander, and CJ Stander's one hell of an international footballer. Well, yes, I mean that, that's always a joke that we hear, um, in uh, especially out of Ireland, is when they say yeah, that South Africa said he was too small to play international rugby. Well, yes, um, <laughs> and uh, so um, the uh, yeah, now he's playing for the second best team in the world. The yeah, Jordan to to for um, I'm a bit surprised. Say I'm, I, I was. It's just interesting which pl- which players the coaches sort of make. A comment about which ones they don't. As I say I've not seen any of them make a comment about uh, Liam Squire. Now I don't. What well, I don't see every comment they make. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, for a player that they haven't been selecting, as you say, sees himself down that pecking order for them to then go. Oh, I'm. Surpri- oh, we're upset he's going. You're like, well, if you're upset he's going, why didn't you pick him in the first place? Is 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 my kind of question. Um, <laughs> exactly. We 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 immediately think of Brad Shields, don't we? The uh, well, yes. Um, there's another one that, that they got upset about and tried to pick him and tr- and, and tried to one cap him uh, to lock him down as well. It was a bit um, it was a little bit naughty um, there as well. 
So Jordan Tufu, uh, yep, has, has joined uh, those heading overseas. Um, the uh, interesting one by Christopher Edward Bailey. He thinks, um, I don't think too many will choose Japan over Europe um, unless they want a sabbatical. How do you think about how do you think that's going to go? Do you think they're going to more than we're going to go to Japan, or more, or do you think Europe's still going to be the number one destination? Well, listen, it'll 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 it'll, it'll come down to money, the, the the term of the contract. I mean, so the beauty about if you sort of wanted to keep a foot in both camps, Japan's obviously the place to go. Shorter shorter season, money's still good. I know that the the clubs in Japan they they train the, the house down. I have spoken to a guy who played professionally up in Japan, and he said, listen, the only issue I, I had with, with playing up there um, was pretty much in and around. There was a lot of classroom stuff, a lot of training, and he actually felt for the, for the time that they were, they were up there, they, they pretty much overtrained. But that's, a, that's an improving level of rugby. But we also know that Europe is not for everybody, and we're actually seeing that with a few players that have got Lima Sopoanga comes to mind as a player who's gone up there struggling, you know, Julian Savia also sh- struggles as well, but we've got other players like Jimmy Gop- Gopith who've, who's gone up there and he's absolutely probably never really an all-black frame but has absolutely taken to rugby up there and, and we can probably think of, you know, even turning the clock further back, something like Nick Evans who absolutely took to, to the style of rugby up in the Northern Hemisphere. Yep, I mean, there's, there is that. There's also, uh, I, I think, give, give Lima Sopoanga um, some time. He has, he's, he's in a club where the head coach has come out and said that he's, um, he's having dark times uh, and uh, it's been the hardest time he's had at the club, uh, which suggests that um, he's having, it's been a very, very stressful time for the whole club there. Um, and as a new guy in that environment, it's hard to then perform well if you're in a, an environment that's not all um, smelling of roses. So I think give Liam a some time. Julian Surveyor, um, I would say he was on the down, downward spiral, down, mm. downward slope anyway. Um, I don't think um, that, I'm not sure where, if he'd gone anywhere, that he would have uh, suddenly have sparked life, to be honest. Um, so, but um, you are right. I mean, someone like right. Zach Guilford, for example, who has been, has tried a couple of times to go up there and has come back with family issues. Uh, he's, he's, he's given up again this time. Uh, we've also seen players in Europe who've gone across to France, such as um, Johnny Sexton has then gone back to Ireland because he didn't enjoy the experience in, in, in France. So, yeah, not all, it, heading overseas, uh, especially somewhere that's got a foreign language that France and Italy do have, um, and also Japan for that matter, doesn't always suit um, everybody. A lot of examples. I see, obviously, Beaver, who's returned to the Chiefs. He had a stint up in... Was it was it Bath? I think it was. You know, it, it, it didn't quite work out for him there. Rennie Ranger, another example. Gee, we could we could make a, a list of footballers who probably went went for the money to, to, to top things up, but then found the style of rugby didn't didn't quite suit. Um, I, I personally think it's probably the French game's probably a little bit more suited to to maybe forwards as a, as opposed to backs. But then we we've also seen the likes of very good professionals like Conrad Smith who went up to Poe and he seemed like he did some good things while he was there. I stand to be correct that he might be on the coaching staff at Poe. Well, he did. He, did, he went He went into this. He played a season and now he's the defence coach. Yeah, well, 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 there you go. He's, he's obviously immersed himself obviously into, into, that, into that township and into that culture. It, it's not for everybody. But it, it also wouldn't surprise me if we might, might see some guys who are not enjoying their time 
up there. You know, you, you kind of look at James, James Lowe's. He's, you know, we hear about him, but he, once again, he's probably a little bit on and off playing up there for uh, for, Leinster, for Leinster. But he, we all thought that he'd actually crack that Irish team relatively quickly. But now I'm, I'm not so sure. But so don't don't be surprised moving forward if somebody like James Lowe's ends up ends up back in back in New Zealand. Yeah, well, I think we might increasingly see that actually. As, as uh, sometimes the grass isn't always greener um, over over there. The um, and as you say about you know, one one of the interesting things is that a lot of people say, oh, you go up to Japan and oh, it's less physical, it's less wear and tear, and all that kind of stuff. And yet, when we look at the players who've gone over, uh, the South African players who've gone over there to, to earn a bit of extra money in the off season, and you think about players like Pollard to come back with a broken shoulder with a, with a uh, yeah. A, a knackered shoulder and missed a whole Super Rugby season. Um, we've seen uh, other players come back. There's another, I've just gone blank as to who it is that's come back this time, and he's yeah. and he's lost his Super contract because he's come back injured yeah. um, with a crooked ankle. Um, basically, he's out for the season and has lost his contract and his pay. Um, so there's a number of players that yeah that think, oh, you know what, it's the off season. I'll go and earn a bit of extra money and then come back again. Uh, Foley was another one that did it, came back, missed at least half a season as he uh, as he recuperated. Yeah, trying to do that back to back doesn't. Um, uh, it's, it's just too much wear and tear. Uh, and the as as a player, as a young as a young person, you think you're invincible and you think you can get away with it. Um, but I think you, le- you you learn pretty quickly that actually you need your off season to uh, to recuperate. Um, and the the options of having like someone someone like Conrad Smith, Richard McCaw, um, um, Ben Smith have done, and actually have a six month break where you actually don't play. Uh, and have that rest really helps um, elongate your career. And actually, you can earn more that way by playing longer than necessary trying to earn it all now. Uh, Paul, I've, I've got to say, I'm, I'm actually a fan of the sabbatical because it actually gives the player an opportunity. But yeah, we, we talk about how long the season is, how much rugby these guys are playing. You know, if, if you look at your own circumstances, I'm pretty sure if your your boss came up to you and said, "Hey, hey, listen, Paul, we." Um, we can't top your salary off, but listen, what we can do is offer you another a, a, another month off to basically rest, rest and recoup and, and 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 refresh. I'm pretty sure you'd probably be all over it. And I I I personally think there will be some players that will be that I think the smart ones look at their longevity or look at their short to long term goals. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to where do I want to go? I, I reckon if you if you think about the circumstances of Richie McCaw and Dan Carter, if they'd taken no break and played through to the 2015 World Cup, would they would they have had the same influence they did in that in that tournament in 2015? Oh, even if they'd have made it, to be honest. Yeah, and that and that's the problem. Would they have made it? They might. They may have both been broken. I know that uh, Richie was picking up a couple of the odd injury here. Same same with Carter. And I, I thought it was a very smart, a very good strategy. I remember the New Zealand media jumping, jumping up and down. Oh, you know, you know, if they want to go, just just let them go. But you know, class class is permanent, as they say, Paul. <laughs> you know, and and these guys are classy players, and they proved it on the big stage when they needed to. You could arguably say somebody like Richie McCaw probably managed his way through that that tournament and knew exactly what he had to do. And Carter. Very much the same, and I'm I'm pretty sure 
that Steve Hansen is, is probably the hoping hoping the same lot of criticism in and around Kieran Reid towards the, the, the end of the, the end of the tour. And I'm pretty sure they're hoping Kieran can do exactly the same thing where there's probably calls out there that oh, you should replace them. Look at somebody like Akira Yuani. But I think if you were really honest, really, really honest, although Ashwin might disagree if he's watching the show. <laughs> Who, who would you who would you start with? I know who I'd start with. I'd, I'd still start with a with a King, with a Kieran Reid one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and the, the when when the chips are down, that experience tells, um, which is also part of it. So I think that's the the yeah. I I, I, I agree. I don't think we're ready to move on to, uh, to to move on past Kieran Reid just yet. Next season, totally agree that yeah, let him go off and. Mm. Uh, um, wherever he's going to go, whether it's Japan or whether it's England or, or France or, or wherever, um, that's fine. But um, yeah, thank you very much, Kieran. Um, you've done your bit. Now, when you say smart and that kind of stuff, I think what we also need to remember is that people's life, people's um, situations are different. Um, there are some of them, if you have got large families to look after, if you have got um, uh, things like uh, the um, and, and those sort of ex- expectations put on you, then it's a different ball game. To when you are, uh, when you've only got to think about yourself or or, or or your immediate family of just your, just 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 a wife and just and uh, and a couple of kids, rather than trying to think of an extended family. So we got to yeah we got to realise that people's uh, the, the pressures on people are different as well. Um, it's not it's not as easy oh. as saying yeah it's one size does not fit all. Um, just I was going to say Paul I was going to add to that just for for, for some of our overseas audience listen. The beauty about rugby in New Zealand, the players come from all different backgrounds, all all different levels, and we we have a lot of a lot of players who you know do well to come out of the, the, the lower social social uh, social areas, and in a lot of cases, a lot of them actually become the actual breadwinner. So there's a there's an opportunity to to top that contract up and make sure you can basically help your family out, your, your immediate family out, and in some cases, your extended family. You know why? Why not? As opposed to being locked, locked, in, locked into a contract that's gonna, it's gonna give you a, a reasonably good lifestyle. But uh, an overseas contract or a big payout, whether it be in France or or England or even Japan, why not go for it? Um, yep. Yeah, and so one of those players you're talking about that um, was, it, was, it, was it Cody Taylor recently re- resigned? Um, and basically, it looks like he's going to do a similar thing to a, uh, a, a uh, to a, to a Richard McCaw and not bother going overseas. Um, yeah, there are some players that don't want to. Um, a few players that you're going to hear rumours about, and we have heard rumours around: Retallick, Whitelock, Barrett, um, for example. You're going to hear rumours around them, but those three, I'm pretty certain, will just take sabbaticals. Uh, and any rumours you hear of them not re-signing are, are rubbish. And from what I hear, you're going to hear some re-sign, re-signing news. In the next couple of days, Paul, I was going to say those are the those are the real key ones that the New Zealand Rugby Union will be looking looking to sign. The guys that who could probably go again to another World Cup in in two thousand and two thousand and twenty three, and those are the real key guys. In the same way that guys like Kieran Reid and Sam Whitelock have basically been, you know, either taken sabbaticals and you've, you've sort of kept them in the fray and really looked really looked after them because you can you can actually rebuild a team around say seven or eight key players it's a little bit hard when you have to rebuild when there's only one or two 
real key guys around you you're talking and experience a challenge for New Zealand rugby if you if you think about it like you say if the rumors are right if you're going to lose a Liam a Liam Squire a a um, a Karen Reed players players of that ilk or even even uh, and even a Matt Todd who's, who I think is a fantastic servant of, of of New Zealand rugby and he'd probably be the probably the number one seven in most teams around the world wouldn't he would be Paul, I would. It's, 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 I've just realised that the Crusaders are going to be losing their six, seven, and eight. Oh, their first wow. choice six, seven, eight for next season. Interesting. Um, wow. So here's a, here's a, here's a bit of a, a bit of a trivia quiz for you. Can you name five players who will be going into this Rugby World Cup with the opportunity of winning their third um, uh, Rugby World Cup winners medal? Third Rugby Winners Cup medal. Um, I'd say Kieran Reid would be one of them. Yep. Then um, I start to struggle a little bit. I'm trying to. If Manonu gets selected, he'd be one. Correct. If yep, he's one of the five. If, if, Sorry. Yeah. If he, yep. If he gets, if he gets selected, I'm just trying to think. Um, was Sam Whitelock at the 2011 World Cup? Yes, he was. Sam Whitelock would be another one, and I'm probably looking at another two, maybe Israel Dag. If he's available? No, nope, because he missed the 2015 Rugby World Cup. He didn't get selected. Ah, oh, didn't, didn't, didn't get selected. Um, so, uh, um, uh, Marnonu's uh, centre partner? Marnonu's centre partner? Wow. Um, well, Sonny Bill Williams? Uh, uh, oh, Sonny Bill well, Williams, of course. 2000, 2011 came off, came off the bench. They got a yellow card in the semi-final. <laughs> And Owen Franks is the final oh, one. Owen Franks. Yep. So those are your five players that could get their third one this time. And we've just said that Sam Whitelock could go on to the twenty twenty three Rugby World Cup. Wow. So wow. Um, that, 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 that would be incredible. So um, for nobody has got three Rugby World Cup winners medals so far. So those five, those five guys have got the opportunity uh, to make history. Um, and that's, you can see why Marlon has come back. Um, and someone was saying, oh, look, he's, he's taken a pay cut to come back. Well, absolutely he has. But if you're a three-time Rugby World Cup winner, you can write your own checks afterwards. <laughs> so money, <laughs> money isn't going to be a problem after that. So, well, Paul, I was going to say, given, given the injuries, the head knocks that we've had to Ryan Crotty, Yep, and and he's been he's been, 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 he's been I wouldn't say a liability, but in and out over the last year or so. And you wouldn't want to see him have another head knock. No. Seriously, um, Sonny Bill, well, he was he was probably injured for most of uh, 2018, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're you're sort of looking at at your your second five options, and uh, there's Lau Martin, so there's. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity, and uh, you can actually. Um, you know, you know, when you, when you put, put it all, to, put, put all the pieces, pieces together, together, you can, can see, see why why Manonu is jumping out of his skin at training. Yep. The let's, let's hope they, let's hope they can transfer to the paddock. And even, and if you look at who else, if if for, if for example we we do lose uh, Ryan Crotty and Sonny Williams, now we, let's let's be very clear here: we do not want those players to get injured. We're, we're not wishing injuries on anybody, um, and even and uh, we're definitely not wishing any head injuries on anybody either. So, but if 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 for example those two guys did drop weren't available for the Rugby World Cup, 
then you suddenly you say Lamapi is available, Goodhue and Antonin Brown, and you're going, where's my 40, 50 cap experience? Um, who else can I bring in? There's definitely there's nobody with with Marlon who brings something that no one else can can do on the experience side, um, uh, and so hence, yep, yeah, you got to say that that's where he would um, he would be. So um, the uh, Christian says, what about Goodhue? Goodhue for me, I think uh, is more a 13 than a 12. Um, and whilst Antonin Brown has been lined up at 12 this season uh, for this this weekend, again I see him more as a as a as a, as a 13 rather than but but uh, Marlonu has been lining up at 13. Uh, in pre-season, so um, so who knows? But um, but yeah, good. I mean, yeah, the thing that good I and mean, good, he's very good player. But what is he? Ten, eleven caps so far um, at, at most. Uh, Antonin Brown probably into about the twenty caps by now. Um, but uh, but there's uh, Lamapi's probably still in single figures or or, or, or getting towards ten. Uh, yeah, you, if you lose Crotty and Sonny Bill Williams, you're losing. Like a hundred odd caps worth of experience that you just can't replace without Marlonu. And then, because, because after that, really, you're starting to go to the Knicks, Kev off the ranks, you're sort of looking at Barracuda, guys like Richard Buckman, or else do you look at a young, promising guy who signed a five year contract with the Hurricanes? Wow. Everybody seems to be talking about that. They have, but if you're talking about this, this, this World Cup, you, you'd look at his, uh, Matt Proctor first. Uh, you've got Vince Arso in there. Um, we've got Thompson down at the Highlanders. Um, who else have we got that's um, uh, that's around? But I mean, yeah, so there's 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 a few players before I think we get to Billy Proctor, um, just purely because. Uh, this is his first season at Super Rugby, but then again, uh, didn't Jordy Barrett make the uh, All Blacks in his first season at Super Rugby as well? Well, well he, you, you know, know what? Jordy Barrett's an interesting character because I first saw Jordy at the over in Australia, Australia when they played in, in the Oceania, Oceania tournament. You know, that was in 2016 uh, at uh, Bond University. They played Australia, Australia and Jordy, Jordy, Jordy Barrett played second five. five. And, and played, played very, very well, well and looked very comfortable and in that second fight. Of course, he's a, he's he's a, a big lad, as we all know. He's built, built like a, 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 he's built like a, like a, a, a lock, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's strong, and he's, he's got, got a really, really good skill set. I, I know the, the Hurricanes tried in the centre, but it just looked a little bit lost there, Paul. And it takes time. We've got players... When we look at someone like Elliot Daly, for example, who has played... The, uh, um, sorry, Christopher Edwards Bailey. You said, will all three make the squad? Uh, all three who? Um, just, just whack, whack in the three names in the chat. Um, the, uh, Elliot Daly, very good player. Um, but one of his first games out in the wing uh, gets himself red card because he doesn't get up to challenge for a high ball, uh, and does what a center would do rather than what a wing would do, um, and, and takes the player out inadvertently. It takes time to get to know those new, new positions. And especially when we're talking about first five eight, second five eight, you're talking about positions where, at lower levels, um, you're going to get a, a lot more time. Um, but so at super, at super, uh, and at international level, suddenly you, you, the amount of time you get in that position is much, much less. Uh, and I think that's probably why you've seen him and David McKenzie be introduced via via the the fifteen jersey via fullback. 
where they get more time, they can um, make uh, they get the opportunity to make those decisions. Uh, whereas you uh, and, and yes, over time, over time, I can't see why he wouldn't be able to to step into one of those sort of twelve or thirteen jersey. There's a, there's a player who's a, a, a really big midfielder, and um, he's um, teaming up for the Hollanders, Rob Thomas. I think he's a cheap one, Thomas. When Jensen is, you know, with a name, he's definitely a pedigree. He's one that I like to keep an eye on. Yeah, and he definitely comes with with. Again, with wraps, uh, and we'll see how he um, uh, how he progresses. Uh, but um, there's yeah, there's, there's 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 a nice little stock of centres down in in uh, down in Otago uh, or down Dunedin mm-hmm. at the moment, which is uh, which is interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, the, and Awani's got the the chance to pull the strings, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes uh, down there. Um, Coaching changes then. There's a bit of a rumour here that apparently um, New Zealand rugby are trying to get uh, Wayne Smith back for um, for the Rugby World Cup. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and I think we're back again, hopefully. Um, Sorry about that slight interruption there, folks. My uh, computer has uh, overheated and I've unplugged as much as I can to try and cool it down. Um, bring on winter, uh, the real weather for rugby. That's the problem. So, um, yeah, we're just chatting about Wayne Smith, um, and uh, you're waxing lyrical about how wonderful he is. I think. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> everything. Everything you've heard about him, what he what he brings to the table. I think more more importantly, from what I've heard talking to a few people, he has, he has a great great ability to, to see stuff that other people don't see, and. Uh, you know, we saw the All Blacks in 2018 try a couple of di- different strategies, and uh, you know, when you start hearing the coaches sort of saying, "Oh, listen, the players have got you got to get used to specific strategies," you, you do start to to scratch your head. Is it is it the people who are putting together the strategies, the players not gelling or, or, or listening or understanding? Where I think Wayne, Wayne Smith, you know, the conversations I've been fortunate enough to, to have chatted to him and seen. Uh, documentaries on on Wayne Smith. He, he's just a, a really, really. Um, he seems to be a guy who knows how to get his message across. Uh, that, listen, that'll be that'll be fantastic news, and and more importantly, I think it'll probably give the supporters a lot of confidence as well. Uh, yeah, I think it would do. Uh, he's, he is. Uh, he obviously um, beat. I didn't obviously, but he did beat um, Robbie Deans in the top league final um, last year in Japan. Uh, so it's it's not so he has got to he's he's kept himself busy um, that's for certain. The other one got history, hasn't he? Paul? Got got history. <laughs> Just a little anything bit, yes. Anything, anything, anything that he touches tends to go. Minus touch. Well, anything where he's not the head coach. Anywhere, anything. No, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> appears to be. Appears to be the kind of yes, he's he's, he's that guy that yes that, that uh, actually wants to be on the paddock. In the tracksuit with the players, rather than in front of the media, um, and handling handling that side of uh, of things so much. Um, so actually, sorry, yeah, he is head coach up in Japan. So um, so that's not entirely true, but yes, uh, you know what I mean. Um, the other one that was interesting was that um, apparently Ian Foster is the one that's been phoning around 
trying to encourage players to stay after the Rugby World Cup. Uh, not Steve Hansen. And Ian Foster has apparently also reached out to Jamie Joseph saying, hey, um, would you like to be part of my coaching team post-Rugby World Cup? Um, what do you think wow. of that? Well, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit of a pointer, eh? Have you guys lined tech to before? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just follow an awful lot of, I just follow an awful lot of Twitter accounts. So let's be honest; these are these are all rumours that. Um, so let's uh, uh, that may or may not be true, um, but um, but they are in the public domain as far as um, they've, uh, they've they've been on their, their Twitter rumours. So uh, yes. Okay, okay. I, I knew I knew where I've been missing out on my life is. <laughs> I need to get on Twitter. No, no, no. Whole, you mean you mean you, you actually have had a life, whereas I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so yes, yeah, so the rumours are that Ian Foster has is uh, uh, that, or that, yes is, is taking the initiative to try and keep players around, which suggests that he's uh, uh, if he's if he's not in the frame, he'll be applying at least um, for that uh, uh, for that head head role. Uh, post Rugby World Cup, I imagine. Well, wow, that, 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 that's really interesting. You know, wherever there's smoke, there's, there's fire. And if he's making those sort of phone calls, it, it suggests to me that there's something, something's been put solid in front of him. Um, I, I just, you know what? I just don't know how well it will go down with the New Zealand rugby public because there's a lot out there with really, really long memories, and all, and all they can kind of remember was pretty much his coaching record with, with the Chiefs, which, in all honesty, if, if you were a Blues coach, you'd probably take it. Um, <laughs> cur- currently, um, if, you, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, a, there's kind of a bit of a mis- mistrust for him. But, you know, he, he, he put together a lot of the all Black attacking strategies, is from, what, from, what, from what I believe. So... And they did score, you know, they've scored some wonderful try, wonderful tries, and sort of you think that there were there were at times where there was daylight, the All Blacks and, and, and daylight, and that was sort of during that period when they had all their attacking strategies running running at optimum. So um, yeah, there's probably a lot to take on board. But you know, there's, there's those unseen things that we don't see. You know, maybe the synergy that he actually has with. With not just the players, but also the, the super super rugby coaches, I do I do wonder. And and, and also the uh, the the New Zealand rugby hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More <laughs> more 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 importantly, uh, I I do wonder. It, it does worry me though. We we lose a lot of coaching talent overseas, and you know, you, I'm a great believer in striking when the iron's hot. I I thought after winning a couple of championships with the Chiefs that. You know, Dave Rennie was a was a coach to to be reckoned with. He also not just the Chiefs. You think back to his record when he was with Mar too, as well. Really, really inventive coach, and and we miss a few. Jason O'Halloran is another very good deep thinker as well. And if you look at where rugby is at the moment, it's it's really it's it's got to a point where teams hold on to the ball so well. You know, you think back to the weekend. Ireland, while they had a really good contest with with Scotland, their ability to hold on to the ball for long periods. If you can do that, hold on to that ball for long periods, and then then you can pretty much activate the, the strategies. And um, now we 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 we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're going to have to agree to disagree on Dave Rennie. 
Um, I don't think he's the mastermind that you said, and I, I have concerns around his player welfare uh, side of things. So, um, and uh, the I can remember when he there was some interesting substitution decisions around his uh, his props one time, where uh, where one of his, his 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 replacement prop was getting absolutely destroyed uh, the scrum, yes, yes, um, and yes. uh, somehow got told he was injured by the by the physio, um, <laughs> and off he came. Um, um, that, that was that used a bit of quiz for you. Can you name who that prop was? Play, 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 play. No, I haven't got a clue. That's right. I, I, I remember it because he actually was selected in the Chiefs as a tight head or who could play both sides and then basically pretty much got told, I don't know, he's a, he's a loose head. I do remember the incident of the Chiefs versus uh, Hurricanes and I'm just trying to think off the top of the head. Who, who that player was, but yeah, it did. I do recall that it created a lot of controversy. Very much, um, what do they, what do they call it? Game, gamesmanship. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, it's <laughs> all, 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 give it the real word: cheating. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put bluntly. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. Dave Rennie clearly is a good coach, but I, but I don't think he's. That next level of of, of really good coach, um, and because the other point I would also make is his two Super Rugby titles came when he had Wayne Smith there. Um, and, 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 and Tom Coventry. And Tom Coventry, yep. And uh, and when Wayne Smith left, um, if you look at some of the cultural issues they've had, they they had there towards the end of Dave Rene's um, uh, kind of stint there with the whole stripper gate, um, and then other. Things that happened that came into the, into the news around uh, uh, abuse of um, council parking attendance and, and stuff like this. Uh, yeah, I say I, 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 I'm not, I'm not sure about. Sorry. Did you pull? Wasn't it the bus driver? There was somebody who was thrown in, thrown in, who, who threw themselves in front of the bus. Absolutely, but he was not the person. He was not the person who actually um, who well. Uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't the only instigator. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, I've, I've heard a few stories out of there off the record. Um, and yes, he was not the only the person involved. So you, get, so you get the impression that might have been the, the bridge burner. Oh, absolutely. He was. Uh, well, no, no, no. I think he. I think he was. Uh, he was. He, he was. Uh, he was a sacrificial lamb. Um, that uh, and um, I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, yeah, looked after um, behind the yeah. scenes. Not, 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 to, not to mention, you probably got all in to play the game, and he, and he probably made a few comments. So in and around, in and around New Zealand rugby, you know, you can't really help yourself. You've got, I think you've got to play the game, especially in and around the New Zealand hierarchy. If you sort of watch a lot of upcoming coaches, and Scott Robertson comes to mind, they, they certainly watch their P's and Q's. Yep, yep. So yeah, I, it's uh, um, so yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm not upset that, that they've lost. Uh, that that uh, that Rennie's gone overseas. I don't think he's a big. I don't think I, I wouldn't have seen him as being a um, an All Blacks coach personally. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. He's reached out to Jamie Joseph. Um, obviously, he's done some wonderful. He did really good work down in the Highlanders. Has gone up to Japan. Does some wonderful work at, for for Japan and the Sunwolves. Um, but uh, a lot of his work seems to have been done with um, Tom Brown. Uh, so I wonder if I wonder if Brown would be part of that package as well because um, he's had some. Uh, I've been impressed with his work in conjunction with Jamie Joseph. I think they're a good double act. Yeah, no, Tony Brown seems to be a, 
uh, a guy when it comes to sort of strategies and, and, and tactics seems to be his real skill or, or forte that he that he brings to the table. But yeah, definitely as a combo, they, they, they work together very well. Um, they do. Um, one of the other one of the other points also is I guess we're, we're running out of time, so we can't delve into this one in, in, in full. So we'll, I'll I'll save most of it for next week. But um, is how much has been kept in the locker for the Rugby World Cup? How much have teams been trying to not show their hand um, about that? Uh, and uh, have some teams been better at it than others? Is is also something to bear in mind um, at this point as as well. Yeah, seen saw little examples of your back backs like something that they, they didn't always show. They they didn't drive a lot of ball last year from line up. Most most of the ball from line up off the top was pretty much moved either to a, to runners in the, the first one of one of one or two channels or or basically trying to just move the, the ball a little bit wider. But I did not see them sort of roll these things up and decide, hey listen, we we gotta we're actually going to try a line-out drive, move, propel the ball forward. But, yeah, I, I don't know. If, if anything, probably there were a few teams that maybe worked out the All Blacks, put pressure on, on, on key players. You know, we think back to that, that South African test in Wellington where we've had to put a, a whole heap of pressure on, on, on Aaron Smith, which seemed to sort of disrupt, disrupt the All Blacks. Got in, their, got in their faces. Cut, more importantly, cut their time down. And and we saw that. There was a continuation of that right throughout the season. Even the, the England te- test at Twickenham. And, uh, of course, it culminated in that, that victory to Ireland. And once again, they cut the space down. And um, I, I think I think the big learning learning for the All Blacks is... Uh, I hope, uh, I, how, do we, how, do we, how do we find find a way... To get in, get in behind teams, and uh, you know he spoke about Wayne Wayne Smith before. That's he's the real brains trust. So a lot of to me, a lot of, a lot of pressure on on on, on Fozzie as a, as the next incoming coach. Um, a, a question I got for you, Paul: If the All Blacks don't win the win the World Cup, is Fozzie still the favourite to take over the team? Um, there's different ways of win of of, of not winning the World Cup, aren't there? Um, if if it comes down to a it, it's it's a one point decider in the final, um, then it's different to if they lose to South Africa in the opening game and then lose to Ireland in the quarterfinals. Um, it's a very it's a very different way of going out of it. Now, if they if if, if that's how they go out, then you've got to say, uh, yeah, if they go out by losing to basically the only two tier one teams they play um, in the entire competition. Uh, actually, no. Sorry, they play Italy as well. But okay, any the only two real two tier two one teams they play, um, then you've got to say that um, that yeah, he, he, they they he'd be very hard pushed to to take the role. Um, but if they make it all the way to the final and then just miss out, then I think that that's that, um, that yeah, then he could still be favourite. Yeah, next next cab off the ring, and and he would have probably picked up a lot during his time. In, in that group as well, so you, you've got to give them a, a little a little bit of credit. And you know, and when a new coach or an assistant comes in, you know there might be something that he's seen or he will will do differently. One 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 challenge that he will have though is uh, obviously they're, they're going to lose some players at the at the end of 
the 2019 RWC, and that's 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 going to be the challenge for him. And uh, I, it's also we'll find out also if he's a if he's a good selector as well. I got told a very long time ago. Usually, a, a good coach has to be a very good selector. He does, but so, they, they they still run. Or New Zealand still run actually a selection panel, don't they? Not just a select. It's not just down yeah, to yeah. Steve Hansen. Um, uh, so, yeah, so 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 you, yeah. so you can get help with that. Um, uh, it, it also uh, a lot of it nowadays because that head coach spends so much time doing media and other things. Uh, that uh, it is about that team you put around you. So if he puts in, if he gets in Jamie Joseph and somebody else, that's, um, then you can say actually, maybe he's. It, it's not just about him anyway. It's about who he brings as a package. And it's really interesting that actually when they have, um, when they had to uh, re um, apply for that role back in two thousand and uh, what um, two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, when they reapplied, um, it, they reapplied as okay. What's the coaching team you're applying with? It's not just you applying, um, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. It's not about it's not just about the uh, the one candidate. It's about the team that's coming in uh, to do it, which I think is a is a good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think rugby and, and rugby the, the rugby union are probably smart enough to realise gee, if we if, if we've got a group group of guys that basically gel, and if we and they are the, and they are the best candidates. We've also got to think that man, that's that's some intellectual property we might lose if if we do if we don't maybe give them a role. Not that I'm saying we're giving them a role by default, but there's a lot of factors to take into account. Yep, exactly. So it has been um, a uh, an absolute blast. A couple of shows that are going to come up then because I think we've just sort of talked through them. Is is a uh, naming the um, a All Blacks 23 post Rugby World Cup. So, who will be the the All, the All Blacks twenty three for the, the the rugby championship, the opening game of the rugby championship in twenty twenty? Um, and actually, well, no, so it won't be the, the opening game of the rugby championship. It will be the opening game of the Wales tour um, wow. in twenty twenty. So, um, because Wales are touring for three test matches in twenty twenty, and Ireland coming in twenty twenty two. So. Yeah, so we'll. I think we'll do a show where we where we name our our All Blacks twenty three for that. Um, obviously, assuming that uh, injuries permitting, um, <laughs> as we're doing it a year out um, or more. Um, and uh, another show uh, will also, I say, uh, but there's there's definitely uh, some points being made to me by by Herman. We had a good conversation the other day, uh, and he came up with some some really interesting points around how much the All Blacks might be hiding away um, and what tactics they might be hiding away. As well, so that's something else I want to delve into on another evening because hey, we've run out of time tonight. So Stephen, um, you are um, at Stephen seventy nine at seventy three at Stephen seventy three underscore H underscore. on Twitter. Um, let's see if we can double the number of followers he has from seven to fourteen. Um, <laughs> And, uh, oh, that's it. oh, you mean I've got two extras? I'm fine with the last one. Well, you've added me and uh, another person who uh, um, uh, today as well. So don't worry. Yes, you're up to seven now, I think. Um, Fantastic. Let's get those numbers up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously at Driving Mall on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe up there. Have a look at my main channel down there. Uh, and over here are two videos that uh, the YouTube algorithm says you're going to absolutely um, adore.